Hello, my name is Maggie Taggart. I'm a broadcast journalist and I was BBC Northern Ireland's education correspondent for 20 years. Now I've linked up with the Equality Commission for a series of podcasts on tackling educational inequalities. We'll be looking at the problems and also the innovative ideas to deal with them. Now today I'm speaking to Susan Morgan, who's a lecturer at Ulster University, and to her colleague Andy Hamilton, who's a research associate. Now, Susan, let me start with you first of all. I know your most recent research has been into the underachievement of boys in education and you've called that taking boys seriously. Why does the university get involved in that? Well, that's a good question and let me give you a little bit of the journey of this project, Taking Boys Seriously. The subject of um, educational underattainment with boys has been a concern for decades. Girls are doing better in most parts of the Western world. It's a long-term systemic issue and it's well-researched with many um, interventions that have been in place, but it's a very stubborn problem and nothing has notably changed in many, many years. The Ulster University has been invested in this issue for over 15 years now and we started with TBS1, which was a research conducted by Ken Harland and Sam McCready and that research was published in 2012 by the Department of Education in Northern Ireland and it aimed to find out why some boys struggled to gain good outcomes. So they followed 378 boys over five years and they concluded with a number of recommendations. So for example, addressing barriers to early learning, um, supporting boys' transitions, use of more informal education methods, for example, small groups using conversation and built-in relationships, etc. And the need for stronger connections between formal and informal education communities and parents. So what happened to that research? It was published in 2012 and a number of communities and schools would have put some of the recommendations into place and where that happened, things changed for boys, for the better. However, it wasn't maintained, it wasn't sustained, it didn't go right across the board. So Ulster University at that point then noted that there was a disproportionately low number of boys coming into the university from social and economic um, disadvantaged backgrounds. So the, you weren't just doing the research on the, the problems of the children in schools, you're also thinking of who's coming into our universities as undergraduates and maybe a, 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 an unbalanced number of people. Absolutely. So the issue with boys runs right through the entire education system. Boys are doing um, less well than girls from primary school right up to higher education. Um, I think the statistics at the minute are something like 60% to 40% in entry to university level for between boys and girls. Well, as you say, we have known about the, this uh, educational underachievement and the inequalities for, mm -hmm. for a number of years. I mean, I've been, goes back into my journalistic history and talking about it. So is it less serious now with all these interventions that you've talked about or is it just as bad as ever? It's just as bad as ever. So despite the fact what that there has been mountains of research done, despite the fact that there has been numerous interventions in lots of different ways, the, the problem is, is very stubborn. Andy, you've been looking very closely at this research and helping in it. I think one thing that, that um, is in my mind is why is it that boys, especially working class Protestant boys in Northern Ireland, are apparently not enthused about education? The, the research has identified a number of barriers that young men face and we talk about this compounded educational disadvantage which includes um, the impacts of poverty, the impacts of a selective education system and the impact of trying to engage boys who are disaffected and experiencing lots of challenges outside of school which are then brought into school as well. 
and the taking boys seriously research is identifying that the relationship is absolutely key to engaging these boys and to helping them flourish in their education. You say relationship, and that brings me to a phrase I've seen in some of your research, which is the concept of relational learning. Now, can you explain what that is? Yeah, so that's really building on wider research. Uh, Reichert and Holly in 2010 published a study, uh, an international piece with um, boys, over 1,500 boys responded to their research, asking for stories uh, of memorable learning experiences. And analysing that data, they found it was rich with this notion of relationships. And even when boys were asked when recounting their memorable learning experiences, not to explicitly name teachers, they did. And so they were saying that the notion of significant learning is inseparable from a significant relationship. And what we're doing now with the TBS research is to go further than just identifying the relationships are important, we know that, but it's to look at what's the aspects, what's the dimensions of that relationship that boys and educators are telling us need to be in place to help them learn. So I'll ask both of you, is it to do with, you know, I get on with this teacher because that teacher talks about football or I don't get on with that teacher because they, they pay more attention to the girls? But what's, what does it mean in practice? Uh, one of the things we did a number of case studies with in North Belfast and Newton Abbey and one of the boys in that said, you know, teachers need to recognise that some boys are interested in football, of course, and that might strike up a relationship, but it's about identifying the heterogeneity within boys. Boys aren't a homogenous group. And so they were saying educators should be taking an interest in our lives. And so one of our principles is about engaging meaningfully with boys and absolutely uh, understanding their life experiences that they're bringing into educational settings is important. But that principle also talks about educators being animated about their subject area and engaging boys in that. Gee up the teachers, yeah, make them better teachers in the classroom. <laughs> well, no, that's something we're trying to avoid in a sense. What we're doing is building on the strengths of what educators are already doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that the approach of the research has been um, we specifically have avoided actually looking for problems um, and what's wrong. What we've tried to do is come from a, this idea of appreciative inquiry. So what we do is we look at what's going well, what's going right, what is actually helping these boys to learn instead of always going to what's wrong, what's the problem. We try to avoid even using the term boys under achievement because it, it's a deficit thing in itself. So we look at how do we try and engage all our educators and we talk not only about schools, this is about informal educators as well, so those that work in communities and youth services. And we talk about all educators, um, including parents as well, um, and how we approach boys from a much more positive... Um, a kind of assets-based assets, approach, yeah, isn't it? an assets-based approach. You mentioned the, the, the less formal scenarios and yeah. I know you've been heavily involved in youth work, haven't you? That's right. So yeah. how can people working in, in that area help young people they come across? Well, what our research has kind of thrown up is we have this idea of an educational ecosystem that will enable boys to thrive. So we look at this sort of analogy of um, in order to nurture boys to do well, they need to be fed, if you like, from all sorts of different areas. So the educational ecosystem means that this is not just the responsibility of our schools. Of course, it's not. It's not the responsibility of boys themselves. It's not necessarily the responsibility of their families or higher education or whatever. It's the responsibility of us all. So what we are trying to do is via this ecosystem is look at the ways in which all of us play our part in order to be able to change something that is systemic um, and long term as a problem. So 
in that way, the informal education sector, the community sector, has got a role in supporting the formal education sector in trying to develop approaches to work with boys, all different sorts of boys in all sorts of different ways. Um, and that includes then obviously how we bring in the wider community, the parents as well as boys themselves who are central to our, our study. Because the family has a big influence on young people and their attitude to learning. Absolutely, absolutely they do. Um, and that is um, it's a feature in communities where boys are doing less well. Sometimes it is a case of there's a more negative attitude towards formal education in those communities. So when you look at the idea of, a, of an ecosystem, if that's the case, then how do we change something like that? That's not necessarily the responsibilities of the school. So it may be the responsibility of of, for example, a youth and community centre to um, have an educational programme with parents, with young people, or to support the schools in lots of different ways. Um, so everybody plays their part. And if everybody plays their part, and this means policy makers as well as funders, as well as the grassroots people, if everybody plays their part, I think we've got some chance of actually making a difference at the end, because that's what we want to do. And I think with the ecosystem idea, what we're saying is people aren't on their own as well. So part of the research that we're doing is trying to map out all those different providers and, and look at the gifts and the contributions they bring and the capacities they bring to supporting boys in their education and learning. And one of the things we intend to do is identify where are some of the gaps and how can we uh, identify some creative collaborations across all these different providers that can support boys. You're a boy. You were a boy. Tell us of the things that put you off education or made you particularly enthusiastic about education. For me, it comes back to the relationship. When I had a strong relationship with an educator and particularly a youth worker, um, that really helped me feel comfortable exploring my sense of self. And, and I can relate it to all these principles, which is about challenging and affirming um, masculine identities. Uh, and for me, uh, what that educator did was create a space for us as young men to come together and take down the mask, be comfortable in our own bodies, be comfortable exploring what it is to be a man and what it is that we want to get out of life and have those meaningful conversations. Because, Susan, is there still a feeling amongst young boys that it's not cool to be a studier? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That right. I yes, that's a right. short answer. I think that we're, we're generalising slightly here. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is obviously a feature for some boys and not for others. And some boys are very studious and, and others are not. But I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the issue is, is whether they're happy to study or not. I think the challenge for us is to find the ways that we can help them engage with their education as being something that is positive for their future and something that is going to make a, a change in their lives and to see that as being something that's not just for a certain set of boys but for all boys regardless so the appreciation of a very homogenous group of young people um, and the different things that they they bring is is very important to us in our research so so in an ideal situation what would the picture look like in a few years time well, I suppose um, one of the things that, that's very important to us is this isn't about bringing girls down. Um, it's about bringing boys up to meet where girls are at because I think we have to appreciate that everything that girls got, they fought hard for. Um, and it was a hard win as well. So we're, we're very clear. And there also are lots of things that girls are still having to deal with in terms of equality issues. So we're very clear that what we want to do is actually to bring boys up to, to where girls are at. If we were to succeed, you would be seeing that gap close. 
um, significantly over the next number of years. That would be our ideal. But I think that will only work. It will only work um, with the collaboration of all the players and all the stakeholders, um, as well as boys themselves. Great aspirations. Absolutely. If We're idealists as well. <laughs> if parents and youth workers and teachers want to know more, where should they go to help the boys that they feel aren't reaching the, the, the peak of their attainment? Um, well, what we're doing with the research is really encouraging educators in all different educational settings to embed these principles in their practice and to take the principles as a resource to accentuate what they're already doing. And so one of the um, elements of that will be parents will be able to engage with that, classroom assistants will be able to engage with that, teachers, lecturers, a whole range, anyone who has a professional responsibility for supporting boys' learning, but also others in related fields and, and the wider family really embedding that ecosystem idea of these are what we're finding from the research that boys are telling us it helps them in their learning so how can we take a whole community approach to embedding that. Susan what do you think? So I was just wanted to maybe finish by saying how people can help. Um, I'm, su I'm supposing that you have listened to our podcast today and you might be thinking about what's the contribution that I can make or what's the gift that I can offer um, to enable boys to thrive. We're going to be mapping our ecosystem and we are really interested in hearing from all stakeholders, infrastructural uh, support networks, educators, parents, boys themselves and anything that you might contribute we would love to hear from you. Our research team would love to hear from you. And also our principles are free and available um, for everyone. You can access them on our website in the university um, and on request we can email them to you directly and we would love to see people putting those principles intentionally into their practice. Thank you both. And if you were interested in the subject matter of that podcast, can I just say to you that this is one of a series which will be presented by the Equality Commission on tackling educational inequalities. Find it on the website.